You are listening to Mountain Bike Radio. Welcome back, Bike Packers. This is another episode of Bike Packer Radio presented by Bike Packers Magazine. I am your host, Neil Belchenko, and along with me, as always, is Michael Ackerman. Michael, how are you doing today? How are you doing, Neil? Merry Christmas. Happy holidays to everybody out there in podcast world. And uh, wow, rapidly approaching the end of 2014 here. Where did time go? I have no idea what an adventure this year has been. And to think we're a couple days out, literally hours right now from Christmas, a week, week and a half out from the New Year's, it's going to be 2015, man. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so with that, we are going to present to you, um, we're going to kind of do a year in review podcast, um, something similar to, or we're going to put, um, our year in review, um, article that we partnered with bikepacking.net in words, um, so to speak. So, uh, it should be awesome. You know, there's some amazing talented athletes out there this year that did some amazing things. Um, some of them that you've likely heard of, some of them that you haven't. Uh, so we are going to kind of share these amazing feats with you and, um, kind of just chat, chat about them amongst ourselves and, and we'll see where it takes us. We don't know, but it should be interesting. <laughs> hey, it sounds like Bikepacker Radio, you know, it's, we go where the trail goes and Let's uh, talk about your year first, Neil. I think maybe that's a good place to tee us up for this. Okay. So, um, uh, you know, this this piece that we did, collaborated with Scott over at Bikepacking.net, is kind of the kind of the the baby of what's happened organically over on Bikepacking.net every year, where people really celebrate uh, performances, whether they be race performances. Uh, people's adventures, you know, different endeavors. So, you know, I know you were involved with a number of races, uh, some personal tours. Uh, what did you endeavor to do in 2014? And, and re- where do you feel like you had your greatest area of achievement? Um, well, that's a good question, Michael. Um, <clears throat> well, first off, I think, you know, you always want to get out there a little bit more than you, you do. I always am, you know, kind of envious of, you know, people that can get out every weekend on a bike packing trip or take so much time off work or don't have a job and just bike pack all the time. Um, obviously I can't do that. <laughs> running this magazine. It's just, it's, it's a lot of work. Um, but I guess it is, you know, started off in Arizona, Arizona trail 300, the race, um, that was in April. I pretty much came from, uh, dumping down snow here in Colorado to 90 degree weather. Yeah. Um, and you know how that is. It's just, you can only train so much, uh, on the trainer and the fat bike. It's just totally different once yeah. you get on dirt. Um, but that was a really good experience for me because in looking back at it, you know, Kurt and Aaron Gully, I was riding with a <clears throat> short, short story here. I was riding with Dave Wilson, um, at the beginning, and it was us four, Dave, Kurt Refsnyder, Aaron Gully, and myself. And I was in, I was in the back, and Dave was, um, in third. And we were talking about, 
you know, how, like, where are these guys going to go? Are they going to go, you know, are they going to sleep at all? We all knew they were going to try to beat the, the 48 hour mark. And I was like, Dave, I'm, I'm feeling good. Like, I don't know, maybe I'm like stupid right now, but I, I'm going to try to keep up with them as far as I can. Um, and so that was kind of my motivation behind just cranking out that race. I mean, just kept keeping up with them and trying to look for their lights and whatnot ahead of me. Um, I obviously ended up losing them, um, at the end of the race, but right. it was still, you know, great experience. And I learned a whole lot. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was, it was, it was awesome. So I got to wa- see you guys. Yeah. I don't know if you remember that come into. I don't remember seeing you in. Pa- you no, because you guys, you guys, yeah, because I went over. You know, I'm. First of all, I think Lindsay was updating the Facebook for the magazine that yep. morning, or whatever, and it had Michael Ackerman first. Yeah, so that's right. And you started talk about really. a screenshot. I never want to forget there. <laughs> my, my one and only uh, <laughs> lead position at Durant right. Race. So I saw the kind of the quad group. You guys hit the pavement. Uh, in Patagonia and make that turn for, uh, Sinaida. And it was, it was amazing the pace you guys were holding. All I wanted at that point was a fudgical. Yeah. Uh, over at the store. You <laughs> right. know, I don't know how people eat pizza at that place so quickly into the race. You know, you hear about, but, uh, yeah, I will, uh, I've never I'll tried second that your pizza. achievement there, man, watching yeah. you guys make the turn there. And I know we'll talk about Kurt in a little bit, but from AZT, on to other things, Neil. I think that was just a primer for you in 2014. Yeah, that was, uh, that was, that kind of set the tone for what I had envisioned. Like I wanted to, I wanted to beat my previous time by quite a, quite a bit last year. Um, right. after I broke my fork in the ACT and I did that. Um, and then I, <clears throat> do you think if those guys were, not so focused like Kurt going sub 48 that you would have been able to push that hard. Do you think their pace increased your pace? I, I think just riding together, we really pushed it. Like sure. all of us riding together. Like I never, I didn't want to like, dr- I didn't want to get dropped at all at all. Um, right. And I remember Kurt, he was like, man, I'm, I'm pooped. Like it was, the sun was about to set. And we were, we just passed Kentucky camp and he had to sit down for some food. And I was like, man, <clears throat> what's going on here? And all he did was just, I, I think that's kind of what he does. Um, because he knows that he can just crank out, you know, put the, the, the power out and catch up. Sure. Um, but yeah, no, in general, I think what we did was pretty amazing. Um, being able to push ourselves that far and not sleeping at all and, uh, just kind of going for it. And it was, I was super, super happy with my performance, but I, I mean, and we'll talk about Kurt down the, um, the, down the road here, but he, that was something incredible. And I don't think that record will be broken anytime soon. Yeah. That was a pretty inspirational run. It's yeah, amazing. Ama- I mean, it was amazing what, what the top, you know, all three of you guys did at the top of the pack there. And, uh, for those of us that, that are aspiring to 80 hours in that, kudos, kudos. Yeah. But, but give me CTR because that yeah, was something so I, I was focused, there to watch. Focused was, on my, um, focused on the, the regular race season. Um, did the, uh, what is it? 
three weeks after I did 12 hours of Mesa Verde and I was, or three or four maybe, I forget. Oh, that race. Oh my gosh. I was crushed. That was, that was, that was very difficult for me. Um, you and me both, but I took fifth in that, which was kind of cool or fourth actually. Um, riding solo or with the team? Solo. Yeah. Um, and then I did the Gunnison Growler, um, down in Gunny. Uh, and that was a good race and it was really wet. Um, and then I pretty much just stopped racing for like two months to prep myself for the CTR and to kind of explore my local trails in Crested Butte, Colorado, a little bit more, the, the more off beaten path trails. Day riding and, or bike packing? Uh, just riding. <clears throat> Um, yeah, I was just riding and, and bike packing, but not bike packing. I was testing out all my, my bags and everything, yeah, riding with uh, but I wasn't doing any overnighters. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. Um, and then Colorado trail came in August, a little bit later this year. And I was just like super antsy to get at it. And, um, yeah, and it went really well. Uh, I guess, I don't know. There, the competition wasn't there this year, and I wish there was, because I think I would be pushed a little bit more up front. Sure. Um, riding by myself is really difficult. Um, but at the same time, it was awesome. Like, I didn't see, I was running into hikers, I was running into other through bike packers, um, but no racers. So I was just kind of out on my own. And, uh, and then the second half, or I guess the last day was just the, probably the hardest thing I've ever had to deal with personally. Um, on a bike at least just going and dealing with freezing cold temperatures. Um, probably the most wet I've ever been other than showering. Um, (laughs) (laughs) uh, and then hurting my knee, but you know, it, it, I persevered and I think, how is the knee? uh, The knee is good. The right knee is good. Um, it's actually great. The left knee has just been skiing and everything. It's just like, it's so, it's just tight. So I've been rolling it out, but everything's, I mean, there's no damage or anything like that. It's just, I need to give myself a break and my, my mind doesn't know how to do that. So. Sure. So was CTR, was that, you know, if you had a, say my sole achievement or my, you know, proudest achievement or the, you know, was that, did you set that as a goal going into the year and say, this is what I'm going to do. And, and it manifested for you exactly how probably never how you plan it to go. Right. Well, when it went that, all right. Yeah. That by far would be my, um, was my biggest. That's what you're working towards. That exactly. And it turned into being my biggest accomplishment ever on a bike. Um, but yeah, that I was working towards that from Fantastic. the start of the Arizona trail race. Um, that this was just all kind of a prep for that. Um, and then, yeah, I, other than that, I've just done a bunch of small, short overnight bikepacking trips. Um, so I didn't really do all that much bikepacking this year, but I, you know, um, it was, wrote about it a lot. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah, which is great. I mean, for sure. But next year, I'm, I I plan on doing a whole lot more. I just got to get out and do some more exploring. Tour divides on the books, a bunch of other races, um, stagecoach. So 
Should be yeah, a good 2015. I'm looking forward to it. Um, no and... AZT, no Colorado Trail. What's that? Just, are you going to do Arizona Trail? I am not doing – I'm doing the Stagecoach 400. Okay. Um, because that is more realistic training. For the Divide. For the Tour Divide. I really want to do the AZT, and I think that's going to be 2016, the 750, but – um, uh, the full meal deal. Yeah, we'll see how. Sounds like a lot of people are going to go for the 750 this year. From yeah, the, which is great. I mean, buzz. hopefully, and then the record will be broken, and then Kurt will come on out and <laughs> in, in this lay it down again, the raise the bar again. again. Exactly. <laughs> he doesn't need to race with the crew. No. Um, no. But Michael, what about you, man? What about me? How was how was uh, how was your bike packing year? I mean, overall, my bike packing year was was fantastic. You know, this this it just keeps getting better. It seems like every single year. I had, and I know I've I've written about this a lot, uh, but I had you know a professional project wind down at the beginning of 2014, and being, you know, pretty much a driver and someone that needs to be constantly moving and busy, I was to able to kind of fill that space that a lot of professional goals were occupying, you know, my time and my focus with, with bike backing objectives. Yeah. So, um, you know, everything for me was also going to lead up to a CTR run. And so sculpted out, a, you know, an AZT, um, a bunch of Colorado endurance series one day, you know, Durango, uh, dirty century, the, Colorado Trail Classic, Ian Altman's race. Um, and then all led up to the CTR, which did not go as envisioned, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, but you know, just, just feel like it was a, a year where I was super blessed. No, no serious injuries, some moderate injuries, which yeah. I think is to be expected getting older, trying to do this stuff. And, um, you know, if I was, I was reflecting upon this because I knew we would be doing our recording today. And I think if, if my highlight, you know, if this, sh- this show is about performances and highlights, I think for me, what stands out the, the most, um, as the biggest achievement, um, probably the, the greatest high on the bicycle this year, it was being out in that, uh, meteor shower on this year's Colorado Trail Race. I don't know if you had time to look up. I didn't. (laughs) There was Was it day one. It was probably day two or day three. Okay. And and here's what's cool about it is I had decided to race um, eastbound. You know, northbound. And we we raced west. Everybody's coming south. So that put me for that meteor shower up on top of segment twenty three in the wands. And so. it was just the, the weather hadn't moved in yet. You know, I know it had like socked you guys in all up north, but it was the final kind of night, final hours of it being clear. You could see like the lightning on the horizon and you're going across, you know, you know what it's like up there, 12, 13,000 feet. And the sky is just Mars. raining, yeah. just, just raining stars and lights. And you're just, it's just like one of those moments, like, what am I doing here? And then you think about it and you think of everything that went into putting yourself there. And it's like, screw race results. Screw, you know, it's, it's, 
I know you and I both talk a lot about being happy as just touring and just being out there. And it was one of those moments where it's like, well, the timing on that one was pretty good, Michael. You know, it's like the blood moon on the Arizona trail race. Right. Um, Oh, dude. Right. (laughs) That sunset day one was amazing. The sunset day one and the moon turning red on night two or three. You guys were probably done at that point. So (laughs) I, you know, I think, and I'm going to have to double check this, but, but I think the lunar calendar, the blood moon happens again this year's AZT. Ah, so cool. So, so let's, let's talk about AZT since, since yeah. we're buzzing about it a little bit. Um, you know, Lots. there's a lot of, a lot of synergy, I think, with this article with bikepacking.net and kind of uh, making a little bit more formal a process that happens at the end of every year. And I think the first area of recognition was in ultra racing. And, uh, you know, we've alluded to it, but Kurt Refsnyder and his performance in the 300 this year, um, you got to see that pretty close up. Uh, what do you give us some wisdom there? Some comments there. He was just on a ride, dude. That's all. He was just riding his bike and he every so often Aaron Gully had, so Aaron Gully had the splits to beat 48 hours on his, um, uh, on his handlebars. Okay. And Kurt's like, every so often he's like, Aaron, how are we doing? Where are we going? <laughs> what time will we be here? And what time will we be here? Like, it was so, like, we were biking hard together, but we were just riding. Yeah. Um, and, uh, and he was like, I, I was struggling more than any of those guys were because they were obviously in bike shape. So I was, I was mostly in the back of the pack with them. Yeah. But they, they were just talking the whole time. He was talking to Aaron the whole time about how many times they've done the AZT and, um, their girlfriends and yada, yada, yada. You're like, um, I hope my fork doesn't break this year. Geez. Yeah. And I'm thinking, <laughs> I hope everything holds together. Yeah. On my bike. Um, but yeah. So do you think that's an untouchable bar well, that he said? It's interesting. You know, this, um, I, I do. Uh, and this is, uh, this is kind of an interesting stat that we wrote in the article. In the nine year history of the race, there has only been four individuals that have posted sub 60 hour times and Kurt being one of them. Um, and what he did this year was not only beat 48 hours, but he beat 46 hours and coming in at 45 hours and seven minutes. He almost beat 45 hours. I mean, Sick. unbelievable. Like when, Aaron is trying to beat the 48 hour mark. And I think he, Kurt is too, obviously, cause they knew they were going to do it together. Not only does he beat it, he just crushes it. Um, with time to spare with a ton of time to spare. And so now you can say, all right, well, these, these races are not turning into bikepacking races. Everybody else is going to be out there for two, three days, you know, four days. These are definitely bikepacking races. And I've heard the debate and I, I don't want to hear it anymore, but. Um, Listen, if you can throw down like that, throw down like that. It's it, push, it pushes it pushes everybody. It seems though the three hundred. It seems like this is Kurt's race. There's this mythical, you know. Think of the other stories: the Oracle Ridge in the snow. Yep, there go Kurt's exactly. Footprints. He knows this. I mean, he it's his, it's his trip. route. So so and and speaking of of veterans here, um, you know, your boy Hefe. Uh, oh yeah, out, coming out of Colorado, kind of. Maintaining his rep as as somebody not to be messed with on these long distance endurance events, I mean, Tour Divide uh, victory this year. Yep, 
And if it, if there's one guy that was like, and he he knows this now, but I, I've told him before. But if there's one guy that has been like an influence to me on bike packing, it was him. It was Ethan Passant, and it was um, JP. And just watching them as a as a kid, I say a kid, but as watching them, you know, growing up the past few years, dude. I mean, they continue to get it done, and Hefe just continues to get it done. And he he definitely, in my opinion, he would have broken that record, obviously, if it didn't happen. The story happened up yeah. north, yeah. But you can't have a perfect run. Those first couple days last year were pretty incredible to watch people grind through that and then to like go to sleep and then wake up and be like, Oh my God, he's still charging yep. and and hasn't stopped. So congratulations, Hefe. Another yep. 16, fantastic year. 16 days, two hours and 39 minutes. Um, what are you shooting for? You going for 16 days, Neil? I think uh like 16 and a half days would be a realistic goal but um kind of also first time rookie yeah, run Yeah first time I I am hoping for uh sub 18 You ready for those grizzly bears? I'm ready for the grizzly bears. <laughs> I just got the maps for the route so Hefe and I are going to sit down and uh, do some studying. Fantastic. Is uh, he going to give it another go? Uh, yeah, he's doing it next year. Uh, word on the street. I, you never know with him, but he showed me his, he already showed me his bike setup and it is freaking light. It's the Ibis with some carbon Jones bars and some other knickknacks here and there. And it is awesome. Um, nice. just he, dialed in, just totally ready to go. Yeah. He's, he's like, this is my, th- yeah, I think this is his year, you know, but I also heard, uh, and we're getting off subject, but I also heard that there's going to be some other guys that are going to be racing that have raced prior to, and that have also won the race. Um, but that's all I've heard. I, I've heard names, you know, thrown yeah. about, but I'm not exactly sure if it's true or not, but that's word on the street. And if the sign up sheet is out there. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> I know people play it close. Yeah, exactly. Fantastic. I think I saw Cam and Eddie on bikepacking.net calling people out like, hey, put your name on the list. Stop hiding from the world here. Yeah. <laughs> I need to find that list. I don't, yeah. I don't want to put anything down until I'm like, I'm like, I know I'm going to do it, but just in case, you know, I don't want to jinx myself. Absolutely. I hear you. All right. I hear you. So, so good segue, right? Don't want to jinx yourself. So this last year, well, I guess it's this year still, but 2014, uh, you and I both had a goal of a Colorado trail race, and it seems like we put together a racing schedule that helped support our want to complete the CTR. Yep. And, uh, somebody we spent, uh, time profiling in this, um, achievement article here was Blake Bacchus. And I know we've also done, uh, a profile story on him. Um, the stagecoach, the Padre, the Outback. Smoke and Fire, um, and the tour, uh, North California. Most of these being new races. What a season. I, I, yeah. my body shudders at the thought of upholding that, uh, that schedule. Yeah. And, and sure, these races might not be like the most technically d- difficult races. I, it, this is what he said. He's like, um, 
and I'm paraphrasing, he said, you know, I, these, sure, I did five bikepacking races, but they weren't like crazy difficult bikepacking races. Um, and they were all kind of spread out, but still like throwing in a 400 mile race, a 300 mile race, a, another 300 mile race, a 400 mile race and another 400 mile race. <laughs> Putting that in in one year, and then he also does a bunch of. It was in eight months. It wasn't even in a year, right? It was over an eight month rate. I I mean, just the cumulative stress and toll on the body, and and he and he placed very well, if not first, in a lot of those races, and a lot of them being inaugural runs. How cool to be involved in that benchmarking it. There it is. So. I think we're going to see a lot more from Blake. Yeah, for sure. And, and Blake's such a good guy. So stoked that he's a part of this community. Um, yeah, I'd like to, and I think, uh, I think he has plans for the 750. Maybe not. I'm forget, I forget what he has plans for, but I know he has, uh, big bike packing plans yet again. And he's a tour divide vet. I think the only thing that he hasn't really done is the, uh, the CTR. So that might be in the cards this year. We'll see. Soon enough, I'm sure we'll see him. Um, and then what's next? Jeff Oatley, dude, this guy is just crushing it. I can't, I can't imagine, <laughs> I can't imagine riding 300 miles in the snow. I can't really imagine riding 100 miles in the snow. And although I'm going to try to do it this year, yeah. Um, give me a thousand miles. Give me a thousand miles on the Iditarod Trail. And Ugh. do it in 10 days and three hours. <laughs> Unbelievable. This is, uh, and the former record was Kyriak's 17 days. You know, this is along the lines of, of what we were talking about with Ref Snyder. If yeah. you're going to beat a record, just go out and smash it. Yeah. Just, just destroy it. Yeah. Um, I know conditions were, uh, pretty ideal for any bikes last year. Um, so that definitely helped out, but, he really did smash it, you know. But, Big old climate change. We'll yeah. Take it. <laughs> right? I know. It's kind of scary. Uh, but Jeff's another one of those guys, super awesome, uh, humble people that are part of this bikepacking uh, community that we're thankful for, for sure. Um, and uh, I think uh, I think we'll see him again this year. I know he has plans on... I think doing the 300, I'm not exactly sure if he's going to do the, the full thing again or not, though. It's uh, pretty impressive, all of these snow bikers. And I know we'll talk a little bit more about it when we get to our adventure achievements here. Uh, who else do we have in endurance ultras this year? We got Mike Hall. Mike Hall. Mike Hall. Hey, we got a movie coming out about this. Dude, I'm so excited to see that. Yeah. It, Even though yeah. it was all road. I, it was still self-supported and they all were, I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm really excited to see this movie and, um, it, the coolest, I think it's, it's going to be released in April if I'm not mistaken. The coolest thing I've seen about this movie and about Hall's performance on the Trans Am, um, was that he was sick yeah, for that's the right. start of this race and he went, he went and took like the selfie video footage um, where did I see this? I think it was online. It was some thread talking about cold medicine or people using, you know, Dayquil to hop themselves up, right. like racing or whatever. Yeah. And somebody had said, you know, take a look at this guy and tell me how much of an advantage he's getting with cold medicine. And it was a video he had taken of on the Trans Am in his, in the tent. 
I think when he was contemplating scratching. Um, so to come back and to, to just throw it down and to, I, I mean, well, it, and for a race like that, you know, sure. He might have an, adv- well, if, if these people say that he has an advantage because he's taking a pain medicine or whatever. Yeah. This, I think he finished in, uh, for, it was 4,000 miles. He finished in 17 days. Um, so that's more than half of a month. <laughs> um, yeah. And this was, uh, decongestant. This was not, uh, okay. Yeah. This wasn't a pain med or anything. And maybe those were involved too. All I know is I had saw, I have no this, idea. No this YouTube video. Maybe we'll find it. We can throw it out in the Facebook and. Um, it was impressive because you just look and the guy's suffering and there's like green snot coming out of his nose and, and he's riding his bike across the United States. Um, and the funny thing is, and, and it's funny, I heard this from Billy, Billy Rice, and that you kind of come to expect this from Mike Hall, you know, his feet's on the bike and on the divide. And, um, this guy, I think when the, when the, that confluence of factors kind of align, right? When the stars align, mm-hmm. he can do things that are just, you know, again, raising the bar right. and that bar remains untouched and probably will remain untouched for years. Um, yeah. No, I agree. And I think I remember watching a video from him on, um, what was it? The tour divide. And it was, I think it was his first year he was doing it and he was like, I don't know if he dropped out that year or not, but I remember watching a video and he was like, he was about to scratch. He's like, I cannot do this anymore. I'm, I'm just beat up. Like my legs are swollen and something like that. And the next day he got up and just kept going. Um, yeah. That was similar to this. Just know, it, was, it, it was a lung issue. I remember, I think he was having trouble breathing. That's what it was. But Maybe that anyways. was the same video. Who knows? Regardless, perseverance, I think, is is what we're giving a nod to here. And uh wonder if this guy's going to line up for the divide this year. I, I bet you he does. Well, you'll have fun racing him, my friend. I bet you he does. <laughs> it should be interesting. And I've then, never, uh, I've never met him. I'd like to meet him. Yeah, he seems like a really cool guy. Yeah, for He's sure. Just, all I would see was his back tire as he slowly pulls away from me and puts a distance of weeks between me and, and his finish. Yeah. So, yeah. so finally, Neil, you were included in the achievement section for ultra endurance racing. I don't think we need to rehash that one, but nope. uh, good job there. And I know someday you and I and Lindsay, the editorial staff over at Bike Packers Magazine, will tell the real story of what happened there. Uh, <laughs> One day. <laughs> On the way to the finish. Let's, let's wait until I grow old and gray. <laughs> About battling those dragons up at the oh, hotel draw. Dude, that, that place is evil. Ooh. Uh, and ladies, time for some ladies here. Ladies. Like it was good to maybe give some structure to, to some amazing females. Females throwing down like I could only dream to throw down here. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, Alice on the Tour Divide. Um, well, let's start with Alice on the Tour Divide. I know you guys. She's a beast, dude. Is that complimentary? Yes. Okay. Absolutely. <laughs> she crushed it. 
She uh, what did she do? She she took the single, single speed, speed record. record. Yeah. Um and I mean and what else she if the divide wasn't hard enough, right? Let's let's get to it. Let's do it on a single speed. I, I never understood Plesco and his single speed fanatics, but whatever. Uh, <laughs> um what else? But she, she we're we're honoring her for best female performance in um in the tour divide, but she also did um I think the Smoke and Fire as well as the state uh not stagecoach, the um Trans North California. So she had a big year and I think she also did some other racing. Um, so yeah, I mean, props to her for sure. And, uh, top 15 overall finish in the tour divide with 140 participants is pretty sick. good. That's super sick. Super sick. And then, um, just keep rolling here. Yeah. Esther. Esther. Wow. It's uh... every year, every year, dude. She is something. I'll tell you though, Scott, not too long ago released. I think you you probably saw the TR on. I think he came out on Pink Bike about the longest single. Yeah, that was awesome. Journey, just an awesome. And the picture that he has got of Esther when she is, I think he captioned his her her lowest point on the trail. It is, you know, you talk about pictures telling stories and yep. and kind of holding energy and power. I saw. When I read that trip report and I saw that image, I was just like, I don't know. I felt like I was transported to like feeling her pain and, and you know, because they had come so far and climbed over so many trees and yep. dealt with so much adversity and uh, was just at the breaking point And he took a picture that really kind of, I think. I remember, I remember them posting that photo up on uh, on Facebook and I was like, wow, dude. I cannot imagine what she's going through. I forget what day they were. Yeah. You know, like 50, shoot, they're on like day 50 or something or day 75 and Maybe just in Mexico or yeah. Just, uh, just or, going through that, man. Yeah. It's, um, it, it was weird. Scott said that they had reception there. Right. To post that photo up and it was the kind of accolades at a girl. You know, right, like I remember. Yeah, I remember people. And, yeah, mentioning stuff. Yeah, like picking her up online to be like, okay, I got this, I can do this. But right. uh, powerful performance there from from a, a female athlete that I think just every year we've come to expect just brilliant adventures from. Yep, racing and otherwise. I agree. Pretty awesome. And racing, Allison got to see Allison race past me. Yeah, Kinsler. That yeah. was a surprise. Uh, I don't, did we have rookie of the year? We did, but I'd also put her down in that category as well. Um, she, she's strong, dude. And she, the crazy thing about her is she's a, a surgeon for the army in Afghanistan. Yeah. Coming from a world, these guys, some of these military folks that, you know, I don't know if you spend any time with the the folks that are kind of in the tribe that are racing that are with this military background. A lot of these guys are like, you know. Yeah, AZT. It's hard, but it's nothing like being in the shit in Afghanistan. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know, it's. Uh, I think my buddy Tom Wolf, who's like, yeah, it's fun, but people aren't shooting at us. Right. There's not, there, that category doesn't exist yet. So, so to have her come over and just rock the AZT like it's like it's nothing. It's a, I think that's indicative of the world where some of these these veterans come from. Yeah, you know? no, I, I agree. 
And she's she in general is a really quick biker. Um, I think and just a strong athlete, just yeah. a strong being. So sick. She totally. yeah, she's she's won a bunch of races down, and she's from El Paso area, and she's won a bunch of races down there. And um, I hope I hope she's back next year because she was only two hours off Esther's time, um, Esther's record. So. Uh, for a rookie run like that, first time, um, that's pretty impressive. Get Aaron to print her up some splits. Yeah, right. Apply them to the bars. And then we we were celebrating a bunch of achievements from a bunch of our ladies from, from the north. Heather. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what, we got Heather Tracy. Bast. Yeah. Heather Bast, who, uh, is, um, uh, Jeff Oatley's, uh, wife. And they, they just crushed it this year. Um, Heather, uh, did the, I did a ride trail 350. Um, and she finished, it was a quick course, but she finished in two days, 14 hours and 13 minutes. Um, and she beat, uh, the previous record by 22 hours, uh, finishing ninth overall amongst a bunch of strong dudes out there. So, Huge props to her. Um, and then on the other side of that, we got Tracy Petaberry, who not only she had a huge year, but obviously it started with the Arrowhead 135. And I actually remember this kind of funny story. I remember her, um, I remember riding with her cause I dropped out of that race, but the first like 35 minutes I, I saw her a few times and, um, I was in good spirits until like the end, until I knew I was like all sick. <laughs> Dude, but, frozen. <laughs> but she was like, she was like really intense about it. She's like, what time is it? Does anybody know what time it is? I'm like, it's game time, baby. And, uh, and, and now I feel kind of bad about that because I, I DNF'd and she just crushed it. And, um, who's that douche? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Who's that, who's that? Idiot. Um, but that started a huge season. Then she did the fat pursuit. She took second overall amongst a bunch of other dudes. Um, and then the Lagarita divide or the Lagaria divide. Um, if you, if people listening have not seen Tracy's finished picture from the arrowhead, which we posted up in the article, go take a look at it. Talk about being frozen solid. Totally. Oh, it's a good shot. It's, you know, I have, credit to do, salsa cycles. Well, I, I want yet to do one of these, uh, fat biking endurance suffer fests in the wild north, but I've been to Alaska and spent many, many years, you know, climbing and guiding in the mountains. I think of the effort that it takes to just get yourself out of your bag and ready, um, when you're in the back country in winter. Then I think of the effort that it takes to motivate yourself to get up when you're racing. Then I combine those two kind of evil states of mind together. Um, And then I think of these ladies doing it, man. Unbelievable. I'm not not sure I'm worthy, Neil. (laughs) I guess that's what I'm saying. It's hard to get my brain around it. Getting, doing, looking at what Tracy did, I mean, she had a huge year, like in general. What else? She did, she was in, she, she and Jay benchmarked, um, the the mountain divide in 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 Italy and then she did the Fitzbarn yeah and then a bunch of other just races like yeah. her and Jay are like uber strong uber strong athletes and always continuing to blow my mind at what they do um, and I shouldn't even Jay's yeah 
They're like Tracy and Jay. Yeah. And they're <laughs> freaking awesome. Um, all right. Well, let's, uh, adventures. Let's, let's, uh, this is, I think, a really cool category. Yeah. I think. This is probably cool. the coolest one, I think. Well, made cool by a really cool year. So first, uh, Justin, why don't you walk us through Justin's project? Well, I don't know. We, we've done, uh, we've chatted a, a few times and we did a profile on Justin on, uh, Bike Packers Magazine. Um, and I, I don't know if I ever asked him what the driving force was behind it, but I know that he loves to climb mountains and he loves to ride his bike and, Combining those two and going through towns and climbing 14ers was, seemed like a perfect fit for him. And that's exactly what he did. And so he called it the tour 14er. Um, and he self, in self-supported fashion started in Golden, Colorado, toured, toured and climbed every single 14er in the, in the state of Colorado. And returned back to Golden after uh, he summited his last peak, which was Longs. Just and Just. he did all of this in about a month's time, 34 days and 12 hours. Um, and he beat the fastest known time, um, which I forget what that was, but I think he was like three guys pulling trailers, right? And getting supported. I, I think there was another guy that did it in 37 days if i'm not mistaken self-supported like yeah this. a few years back and he left from the mountaineering museum oh did he okay cool yeah that was super cool and you know i think justin is it's kind of indicative of, of where we're gonna see a lot of things go hopefully in 2015 we see a lot of things go where you have folks coming from different backgrounds so he's a climber um, yep. and, and I see it a lot now with, uh, the skiers and fat bikes or fat bikers and pack rafters. And it's this idea of, uh, essentially human powered expeditions and travel. And what can I do with the skill set and the quiver that I have that just pushes, you know, the exploration and yep. the envelope and, and what he did with the tour 14 er this year. Um, pretty, I encourage anybody to go to try and throw down like that because I'm not, I'm not sure people understand how difficult this was to do. Uh, and the conditions he faced, he took some, he was taking, you know, Justin's an artist as well. And so he was like tweeting and Instagramming and trying to, you know, keep the social media alive during this. And he took some shots this summer, Neil, and I'm sure you've seen these where he'd be on a summit or he'd be waiting for a pocket of weather to open up and there'd be like a unhappy black oh, yeah. underhead on top of him. That I, um, I remember watching or seeing one, um, he was on the Crestone Needle uh, or below it, about to summit it. Yep. Making a run for the summit and being like, boom, in yep. the back. It just, um, I mean, this is not only the top of the game with bikepacking and and backcountry logistics. This is also being at the top of the game climbing. Climbing. Um, Some of those summits are not easy. They will. Uh, it's a very easy game to lose, and the consequences are are quite profound when you do lose. So, yep. hats off to the Long Ranger here for what he was able to do this summer. It was just awesome to watch. Yeah, awesome, and. Uh, 
I don't know. Maybe he'll be back to yo-yo to the CTR, Justin, if you're listening. Is that? <laughs> oh my God. I don't know. It's another supper fest awaiting someone's attention. Oh, yeah. And yeah, speaking yeah. of supper fest, Scott Nestor. I know yeah. we talked about it with her and the female athlete, but um, pretty amazing. I'm, I'm kind of in awe. Still really digesting what those two were able to, to I, throw down. I'm still trying to catch up to all of the they, – they wrote a lot on, on Root, and I'm still, I'm still trying to – to catch catch up with all that reading, um, the the thing I think is most impressive. I'm, I'm glad you said that. Is go to Topo Fusion yep. and read Scott's report card that he did. Uh, being a data guy, it's kind of um, it's awesome. trunk. It's a truncated. It's just just the data, right? Like the mileage, the climbing. Um, yeah. And try to wrap your brain around the volume of, of the data that you're looking there at. It is just um, following the CDT, trying to be true to that route, uh, true to that vision. Um, just amazing. It's just amazing. It's, it's kind of set the uh, the bar here with, with 2014. And then other adventures we'd like to celebrate, more polar people. <laughs> more, more of you people loving to ride in the snow and freezing your tuckuses off. It's Talk interesting, you know. Scott and Esther finished the um, finished the trail with snow, which was like perfect timing because if they if they were any later, they would um, they'd be getting puked on with the white stuff. But then the, then you have these guys like Daniel yeah. Burton who. <laughs> Just decides to go and ride to the South Pole um, on a fat bike. So <laughs> it's just, I mean, it's a it's a different ball game for sure. But yeah, um, yeah. So Daniel uh, last year he actually started, uh, I think, sometime in December and the end of December of thirteen, yeah, and and finished the South Pole jaunt from um, oh, I forget where it was. It was some bay up. Or down there, um, and he finished in fifty-one days, uh, being the fastest um, cyclist to uh, do this specific route. Um, and I think this is like the route that all those famous, um, like Eric Larson and all those guys do. Um, Just a day ride out to the south. Pole. Yeah. Right. <laughs> And I know it's summer down there, but he was dealing with like negative forty degree temps. Yeah. Um. Pretty pretty amazing, and it was. All right, think about this: fifty one days, and it took him, or and it was seven hundred and fifty miles. It's amazing. That's that's unbelievable. Um, I mean, I can't imagine like sleeping in negative forty in your tent, and it's just like blowing blowing snow and whipping around. And he was one of, I think if, if, uh, you spend any time bouncing, um, over to Half Past Done, which mm-hmm. is Joel's, uh, Homer's blog, um, it was a big year for South Pole stuff. There was a guy in a recumbent, I think, that, that sent a route down there. Wow. Um, I think there is a total of, of three fat bikers. Um, I think Daniels was, was maybe the fastest, most impressive, most refined push, yep. but just amazing. It's, uh, 
I don't think Shackleton would have thought it, right? Right. <laughs> 2014, they're coming down in fat bike. I mean, it's just amazing. It's, he uh, he averaged 14.7 miles a day. And I know he didn't ride on Sundays. Um, but still, that's pretty <laughs> – I'd be frustrated. 40 – you got 50 mile an hour, 60 mile an hour winds. Oh my goodness. Just sounds great. Yeah. Sign, sign me up. <laughs> I'm taking the Chumbawamba. Here we go. Yeah. <laughs> All uh, right. Um, and then what? We got Kurt, dude. Kurt Sandforth. Uh, all these guys. Yeah, all these guys. Kurt. Uh, Cass, Gilbert, Nicholas Carmen, uh, Lael, Wilcox, um, these people are the epitome of doing awesome world tours. Um, Kurt, it's I like know. Your whole life is an achievement right now. Dude, I, I know. I wish I could just take off. I'm so could envious you? of all could of you? these people. <laughs> I just don't want to work and I just want to ride my bike. I really wish I could. It'd be hard to keep the magazine going. It would be hard, for sure. <laughs> um. But I, 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 you know, I pose that question myself. I pose it to you. I pose it to people listening. Like these, these ladies and gentlemen, they, they've committed to being on the road, um, to following the path to where, you know, it, wherever it leads them from the saddle of a bicycle. And I think for a lot of us, when we're in the grind of, you know, Monday through Friday and you pop over to while out riding, um, or, you know, another blog from one of these guys and they're in South America, um, or they're grinding across, uh, South Africa. Um, it's pretty inspirational. Yeah. Uh, and then I, I, you know, and then you teeter in this place of like, do I quit? Do I tell the, the boss to go, you know, where and, kind of get the fat bike and take off and go start a blog. And um, there always seems to be for me, like some sort of obstacles there, some sort of challenge there. Yep. And uh, I think that's why it's easy to, to kind of give these guys a nod in the uh, end of the year achievement piece. Cause they're, they've got fidelity to this, this adventure to this way of life that I think a lot of us can't even figure out how we would make it happen. Yeah. And, and it's interesting, you know, we, we actually just posted an article yesterday, uh, which was Monday on, um, uh, this guy that is working in a cubicle and, um, and he realized like he might not be depressed, but he's just like not as happy as he, he could be. And he realizes that all of these other people around him are even more uh, upset with their, their, you know, work lifestyle. And it, all it took for him was to just get out and ride, uh, and get lost. And that's kind of the other spectrum of, you know, these guys are touring the world, whereas, you know, there's the majority of people are stuck in their cubicles or stuck in their offices, um, and reading about it. So at least yeah. they're giving, you know, uh, you know, the, the reading and visual pleasure on, on the internet, um, and inspiration to at least get out because, you know, a little ride can go a long way for sure. I think, 
no matter who it is, you know, any one of these guys that we've profiled, there's a bunch more, you know, you get on that rabbit hole in the, the internet. There are so many folks out there living off their bikes. Bikepacking is not a scheduled, Hey, I'm going to go bikepacking this weekend. It's their existence. Right. Um, you, you know, I just ran into a, a fella, Scott Hulker, who's become a good friend of my wife and I's, and, and he's on a trip right now from Alaska to the tip of South America, and from there onward to the world. Is and he doing touring or bikepacking? He is, he's touring on a 200 pound surly ogre. It's, wow. a, it's, uh, I don't want to say too much because I'm working on a piece right now to introduce Scott to the world, but he is, we were, we were on the Black Canyon Trail, I think over Thanksgiving, on. Uh, you know, with all of these guys, you can smell them before you actually see them. And uh, we're just right. at the crossroads out in the desert. We're like, you know, what's that? I wasn't even paying attention. I was so busy trying to navigate to, you know. Oh, yeah, that's right. Way. We've talked about him. Yeah, and Rachel was like, look at that guy over there. And, and long story short, we ran into Scott, and he's on this world adventure. And just the, uh, you know, whether it's the article or, or running into and, and talking to these folks or reading their blogs – the the inspiration the you know let me let me cast off from the moorings here and head on out and just you know um, where the bike backing doesn't become an activity unto itself it becomes kind of like this is who I am it becomes my identity I'm just bike backing because this is me in the world right now um, man I hope I can do that sometime in my life me too I hope, I hope the car I hope the stars align for that yeah. Um, and there's this other guy I found the other day who actually commented on the article of a year in review. Uh, and his name is Paul. I don't have a last name, but he, um, his website's called the ride South and he is doing the tour from Alaska, the northernmost part of Alaska, all the way down to the southernmost part of South America. Um, and, uh, I just found it and I was like, man, just there's so many people out there that are doing this stuff yeah. that. I don't know of, and I wish I did, you know, and yeah. I feel bad not adding him to the list, but I definitely wanted to give him a, a shout out. But if but that's yeah, a good thing. I mean, I think that's what, you know, the kind of bike packing tribe has always been about, whether we know it or not, knowing that just the, the knowledge that folks are out there, human powered, exploring locations, yep. living on dirt floors in little grass huts, um, it's it's inspiring. It, it is. is super inspiring. Totally. Yeah, and if there's any if you guys know of anybody else that we missed, just let us know. Like we'd love to, you know, recognize them um as as we should for sure. Be cool to get a section where we can put up all these adventure blogs. Yeah. It's, uh, it's almost like tired of sitting in your cubicle? <laughs> right. Check this out. Yeah. It should come with a warning. Like you might lose days you of might. your life. Yeah. <laughs> you might get fired from your job. No. Um, cool. Well, yeah. So those guys. And then, uh, another guy that we should mention, um, is Donnie from, uh, or Oregon bike packing, um, and velodirt.com. He is kind of resurrecting the whole bike packing scene up there in the, uh, Oregon land. And, um, you know, he, he put on the Oregon Outback this year. Uh, I think he's just released another race. Um, he's explored all of Oregon, um, via touring and bikepacking. Um, and he's got a lot in the works. And if you haven't gone to his website yet, um, I know Velo Dirt, uh, hosts all the, the races and rides, but, um, 
the cooler part of his uh, achievement is the OregonBikepacking.com, and it has all of these really cool routes in Oregon. Um, and uh, yeah, he's doing he's doing some good things, and all these pictures I see on Facebook of him riding the uh, the um, the sand dunes. I'm just super eager to get out there and, and do that. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's just another reason, you know, more, more and more people are trying to find roots in their home States, which it's awesome. You know, it is so awesome. It is so awesome. All right. Oh, and then, um, Kim and Bjorn who, uh, more polar people, polar, these guys, man, these guys are, these guys are raw. Um, <laughs> they're not a, they're raw polar. they're raw they, just... I can't imagine so they uh, they toured um, what they toured the Iditarod Trail um, yeah, and then they were the first to cycle the Arctic and then <laughs> continued to move on up to the Arctic uh, and, and over self-supported right. tour of the Arctic um, if you haven't had a chance, definitely head over to their website, um, or just search, uh, Bjorn Olson and you can find his journal, um, his photo gallery. He has a bunch of videos. He actually came out with this cool video called hunting for monsters, um, this past year. And then he has, he also has another video in the works, um, uh, the re-evolution, which is a, a cool, um, they posted up a cool trailer, and if you want to search the website, uh, Bikepackers Magazine, search Reevolution, and you can find that. And you can also find Hunting for Monsters. Um, but yeah, once again, people are just thinking out of the box and doing some amazing things. Um, and Those guys are just, I mean, yeah, just hunting for seals and making bike seats out of beaver pelts and yeah. pack rafting and. There's some like Jack London shit going on with those guys. Yeah. <laughs> All right, our veterans. These guys are fun. Yeah. So, and I, I think these are the epitome of. Sure, they're most of them are all bikepacking racing, and I can we can consider putting, um, you know, uh, Nicholas and and Cass and and Kurt in Kurt, the yeah. in in this group, but I think. Putting putting these people in the veteran group um, are just go to show like year after year doing it and and make and and getting it done. Um, starting off, and I think we could all agree that this is the the number one veteran, uh, the number one bike pack racer, the number one bike packer. Uh, I hate to rank things, but he's just a big inspiration to me. Um, so JP very continuing to just. Go above and beyond, um, and it's just, just crazy. An like, good dude. I hope, uh, yeah, and I hope at my, I don't know how. I think he's like forty three or something, forty two. I don't know, but when I'm that age, I hope I'm doing what he's doing. Like that is what I want to do. Um, he's just he's crushing races, crushing. He's benchmarking things. Uh, he started with the Arrowhead one thirty five in January. Um, uh, didn't set the record, but he, he won that race. Um, it was kind of slow cause it was really freaking cold. Um, which is even more badass because he was out there for, I don't know, forever. Um, Arizona trail race. I mean, barefoot. <laughs> <laughs> it makes me think about how much I love JP calling 
Joe Polk and listening to those phone calls. Yep. It's probably interesting to him in terms of a veteran and, and what he brings to the sport. And, uh, those phone calls this year during the Arizona trail race when his shoes were falling apart, yep. he was trying to kind of super glue them back together, stop at Walmart. Yep. <laughs> yep. Unbelievable. Comedy. Comedy. Um, but yeah, he finished in eight days, nine hours on that 750 route, which pretty good for the first time. He's never done it. Um, I think it was a day short of the record. So, um, awesome work there. And then he benchmarked the, uh, Liguria mountain divide in Italy. Um, and that he did that with his wife, uh, Tracy, um, and then he, I think he took first in the Fitz barn after yeah. his derailleur was completely shattered from mud. Um, and not to mention he is a race director now as well with the Fat Pursuit up in, um, Idaho, uh, Idaho area. Uh, and yeah, I mean. You're heading up for that this year? Yeah, I'm going to do that this year. Fantastic. I'm pumped. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, there's it's a strong field, really strong field, and it's sold out, which is awesome. Um, so yeah, I think he's got he's got a good thing going on with that. I think it's going to be the the you know the premier winter ultra uh, in the western United States, lower forty eight. So Jay, like if you're listening, awesome job, dude. You're you continue to impress. So and no no hard feelings on being part part of the veteran crew. You. You can you can definitely be um, considered in all of these uh, categories. It's just how we <laughs> categorized them. Um. So yeah, what Mark Caminetti? You want to you want to start? Mark Caminetti. <laughs> Mark. Well, Mark probably doesn't want us talking about him. Yeah. Show and and uh, Mark is an amazing, amazing uh, bikepacking athlete. Uh, I think where you had Jay as a mentor. I was able to use Mark as a mentor. Mark is this uh, veteran um, of so many uh, Arizona trail races, uh, Colorado trail races. Uh, he did his first um, tour divide this year as part of the Triple Crown. Um, and he's a very mercurial character. Um, he is committed to the sport and the experience uh, and the purity of it all. Uh, not necessarily the promotion of it all. And, uh, when you get Mark talking about his history and involvement in the sport, um, I mean, it's just volumes, you know? Yeah. Um, the way he casually talks about lining up for the first Colorado trail race or, you know, during my third Arizona 750, um, the guy's amazing. And, uh, I think we wanted to recognize uh, despite his chagrin for recognition, wanted to recognize those achievements. And I think this year with the Triple Crown, uh, especially, um, you know, I felt super blessed to be there when Mark in Durango, where I live, when Mark finished, um, the Triple Crown this year. And he was just jazzed. Um, and, and, you know, I don't think he's finished. Um, I think 2015 is going to be another big year for Cam and Eddie. And, yep. And, and like all these guys, you know, when we say veteran, I think it comes out of a place of love. I think when I was writing about Mark earlier this summer or fall, it was like, 
you know, I kind of think if if bike packing and and if there was a Hall of Fame, you know, yep. and and there was like a wing of the Hall of Fame for ultra endurance racing where you'd really recognize bike packing, you know, with a focus on speed, you think who would be inaugurated in that first class? I know you love sports and and you love baseball and so you know, using that Cooperstown analogy, who goes in in that inaugural first class? And I guarantee you JP's there. I guarantee you Mark Caminetti's there. Yep. Um, and then probably uh, another old man that's probably going to get inducted in there is Billy Rice. Yeah. Uh, Good old Billy <laughs> Rice. Good old Billy Rice. Let's talk about old man Rice. I think we, we can just call him <laughs> Yo-Yo Rice still. I mean, he's... That still is amazing. I can't believe, I know it was a few years back or two years ago now, um, that he yo-yoed the, the, the Tour Divide. Yeah. Um, but this year he took on a, a new race. Um, he took a year off from the Tour Divide. He's done the Tour Divide three years ago, two years ago, and this year he did the Trans Am bike race. Um, and I think we added him to this list because how, how much he had to persevere, um, through Endless issues. Um, on, he actually ended up on the divide for a period of time. He did. So yeah. So <laughs> so I think he broke his. Uh, he broke his. Um, was it his derailer at one point? And then he ended he up broke his frame, breaking his frame. Or no, I think he had a lot of flats or something like that. Um, he had wheel issues. There was a broken frame. It seemed like every day there was a new broken something. Yeah, and so I think uh, he. He, what was it? Was it Hartzell? He took south and he went on to the Tour Divide to get to um, Salida to get his fixed or to get a replacement bike. Yeah, yeah Absolute or something. Yeah. Yep. Another bike center. Scott Banks, Texas. his his, yeah. his mechanic. <laughs> um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, so he ended up, I mean, he would have been, he would have been up in, I think, top Top seven, um, but what you know, he went off route so many times, and um, we're waiting for the movie, Billy. I think he's going to have. A, it's going to be a cool, cool, a colorful thing. part in yeah. this film that's coming up. So. Um, so yeah, Billy, good, good work, man, yet again. And I know this year, uh, twenty fifteen, he is going to tandem the Tour Divide with his daughter. Um, which is going to be awesome to watch. Obviously, he has experience, and his daughter loves biking, and um, they're going to do the tandem thing. So that should be exciting to watch uh, come mid-June. Billy Rice even had uh, fans at this year's Colorado Trail Race. Yeah, that's right. He had the fan club. I remember when I finished. That's funny. Oh, man. Got to love the fan club. Got to love it. Got to love it. And speaking of being fans... I'm a fan of this first rookie achievement honor, Rick Miller. Um, Rick, I nominated Rick for this award this year or this recognition, whatever it is, uh, this shout out. Rick was new to the ultra endurance, uh, scene and I met Rick when he stepped off the, uh, mystery machine, that van shuttle down to Parker Lake. Um, and he was just trying to figure out what this was all about and, one of the first people he ran into was Jeff Hemperley. So imagine how that sets your whole thing. Yeah. And Rick ended up just totally throwing down on the AZT 300. 
and then he came back and he had himself a good old time on the CTR with a super impressive run. And so it's pretty cool at 58 years old to say, I'm going to come out and throw down on the 300 and throw it out in the CTR. And actually at 59, I think next year, he's gearing up for a 750. So awesome. Just give an awesome shout out to to Rick. He's also a paddler. He lives up there in Northern Colorado and friends with him on Facebook. He's always got awesome pictures of him killing shit. (laughs) Rowing big rapids and excited to spend some time on the single track with him come the spring and see him in Arizona. So congratulations, Rick, on an awesome 2014. Awesome, Rick. Um Calvin, Calvin yeah. dude, this guy, this guy's got a bright future. 22 years old, uh, finished second in the Tour Divide, 18 days, 5 hours, 29 minutes. The most impressive thing about this, though, was he knew exactly what he was doing. He knew that he was going starting slow, and what happened was he just felt so freaking good at the end that he just punished, I don't know if he punished himself, but he just crushed the field. He passed... He was kind of in the front of the pack, you know, um, top 10 for the majority of the race. And then yeah, he's like in striking distance. come just... like the, the basin to Antelope Wells. He just crushed it and he passed everybody, uh, and ended up becoming, uh, uh, or to ending up taking second place. Um, really impressive ride and especially how young he is and, uh, how motivated he is. Uh, it's really cool to see. And I can kind of relate being, I'm, I'm now 27 and I'm, it, it's, it's interesting. Like I never ever thought about bike packing, um, at, 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 you know, when I was, I wasn't even on a bike when I was 21, which you're, is crazy. You're, you're but, so but so these guys, now. like, <laughs> I don't know. Calvin's, Calvin's something else. Um, yeah, and he's I, doing this now at 21. Yeah, I mean his future is bright, yeah. shiny. Um, he uh, he also is going to be doing the the Cloud Ride 1000 um, in Australia this I think it's March or February. So he's training for that right now, and he's an East Coaster, so he's he's in the snow as well. He's training on a fat bike, so we can relate to that, which is really cool. Um, so yeah, I mean. I never heard of Calvin before the Tour Divide, and I think uh, we'll hear a lot more of him, lot of him. Yep. down the uh, down the road. So good work, Calvin. And then Alice, we spoke about her for her single speed record, but was also her rookie year, which was uh, pretty incredible. And then another rookie, um, I know the magazine's running a story uh, today from Charlie Kemp yep. down in Florida. Yeah, Charlie benchmarked the Florida Divide, which was created by the the Naked Indian single track samurai Carlos Bernhardt. Um, These guys are getting it done. And yeah, I mean Carlos, we could we could praise um, all of the root creators in a whole different uh, radio show and different article, but Carlos has created a, a bunch of awesome roots down in Florida, and he created this route along with help from Charlie. Um, and it's a, a route from Georgia, the Georgia-Florida border, all the way down to Flamingo, um, which is the southernmost part of, I think, the mainland of Florida. And, um, yeah, Charlie did uh, did the route in eight days and change. Um, 
and or nine days and change, I guess. And uh, yeah, it was pretty pretty impressive. It's an eight hundred plus mile route, um, and I, I know he uh, he got pretty wet. Um, but if you want to hear more on that story, go to our website today. It's the featured post. Um, story of the Florida Divide. Um, Thorough trip report there. Yeah, it really was. It was really interesting to uh, to read it and um, kind of get a feel for for Florida bikepacking. It's completely different, but it's uh, I want to go unique in its own way. I yeah, go. and we can do it right now in yeah. in January, which is really cool. Um, and my mom lives down there, so it's like oh, cool. really, you know. Well, there's the no cross excuse. Florida and the there's the divide, the divide, and there's a few others out there. So stay tuned for that. We're going to add a few of those routes on our routes page. Um, Carlos promised me no gators, so no gators. So, <laughs> and I know a number of folks, you know, whether it was on bikepacking.net or on the site, uh, you know, reached out to you or I or Scott and, and suggested other folks. Keep them coming. Let's hear about more people. We're down in this rookie section, and um, I, I, I was totally remiss in, in not including in this write-up uh, Sam and Katie oh, yeah. uh, in the rookie section for their run. Uh, and, boy, didn't I hear that from the Durango contingent. Like, come on, Michael. Um, so yeah. I want to give them a shout-out. Uh, for those of you that don't remember, Sam and Katie Tandem. took on the Tour Divide this year uh, on a tandem mountain bike. Um, and just crushed the route. And uh, I think they took third overall, right? Third overall, and, and not only did they do it, they did it with like a smile the whole time. Dude, those uh, those two are awesome. Yeah, and just I two of the nicest people you ever want to meet. Those um, Collins that they had into MTB cast, right? Right. <laughs> even though they were like, you know, it's we're it's pretty tough today. It's raining and it's snowing, but we're happy and. Yeah, those guys are awesome for sure, and I, I hope to see them down the down the road in some more races and, the, and routes the, and rides. You're totally right. And the adventure education background that I know you share, they share, I share. You can kind of hear that in their voice, like you know, it's it's raining out here, but we're outside and it's great, and we yeah. have each other. And I got to sit up in front today, or I got to be the stoker today. You know, it was. Um, Amazing positive mental attitudes there for those cats. So, and I think it's in in general with the the whole tandem of the d- divide. I, I can't imagine being on a bike, being with somebody for twenty four hours a day for eighteen, nineteen, twenty, twenty one, twenty two days. I mean, it's got to be difficult. And anybody that does the tandem in my book is. A winner like that is <laughs> it's also the scariest shit i've ever seen on the trail when i've yeah. seen that i rachel and i were riding i don't know if it's moab or it was in, here in durango or but it's you know fairly single track that you're thinking about and we came up over a rise and there was like a guy uh pre-riding out in front of a couple that was on a tandem and he just gave us a, a heads up, like heads up tandem coming through. So, you know, we move off to the side because we were interested in just checking out what this thing looks like. Right. Um, they were holding the same amount of speed, if not more that I would be on, you know, the same technical section. The person in the back has very limited view of what's happening and just needs to, to literally stoke 
you know, the engine of the bike, it looked terrifying to me. Neil. Yeah. It looked like something I did not want to participate in. Right, so, right. so I don't know. Maybe you and I can try a tandem CTR sometime. You want a tandem CTR, Michael? <laughs> CTR yo-yo. <laughs> and we're going to do uh, Billy, CTR, CTR yo-yo pack biking through all the wilderness areas. I'm going to do a fat tandem. Oh, That's a, another guy that I'd like to recognize, uh, Casey Green, who yes. recently just um, has been documenting uh, his pack biking experiences, and I think this is the future. Um, we're going to totally we're going to see somebody, uh, and, and we've seen it already with the Arizona Trail Race, uh, the the Canyon uh, Ditch Hike, but I think we're going to see people down the road who are going to. Um, do the Colorado Trail, put their bike on their back for the wilderness sections, and put it back together for other sections. Put it back, put it on their back for wilderness sections, and so on and so forth. Um, I think that way of travel without those wilderness detours would be something else. Um, it's, uh, it's exactly what I was trying to speak to with with kind of the blend of of sports and and. You know what's in the quiver now. It's yep. 2015. It's making the call right here. It's it's going to be. We, you know, it seems like the ultra and the endurance racing section this year is pretty large because there were a lot of significant achievements uh, in 2014. Uh, but I think with Simone and Scott Nez and um, what's happening with with people exploring polar regions, people introducing the fat bike, people climbing. Um, it's no longer going to be, hey, I did the divide. It's like I did the divide, and then I paddled uh, this stretch of white water to go connect in with the CTR, which I took back north to connect. You know, right. uh, just fill in the blank. It's it's pretty cool. It's human powered locomotion, man. Pretty it's awesome. Huge. It is bikes rule. Yeah. Well, that's a good statement. And then people talking about bikes and filming bikes and taking pictures of bikes and writing about bikes. Yep. Aaron Johnson, Scott Thigpen, Bjorn Olson, Christopher Bennett, Mike Reamer, um, Joey Schusler, and uh, uh, what's that guy's name? Martino Vincenzi. Yep, um, Vincenzi. All these guys, dude. And there's so many more. We just added a few. But if you go to this article uh, – Bike Packers Magazine search uh, bike packing year in review. You will find these um, awesome videos and links to their books um, at the bottom of this uh, this article. Um, and I think the one that stands out to me the most, um, obviously, and I haven't done the full thing yet, but is the Aaron Johnson movie, um, The Arizona Trail. He did such a good job um, with that. You know, it's it's it, this it's this balance of 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 a movie that's like raw and accessible, right? It's a freaking GoPro. Yeah. Mixed in with editing, composition, uh, music, light. I mean, the boy has skills, dude. Yeah. Um, and, and then, he's an engineer for a awesome movement in the. Uh, it might be electrical. I think it's the electrical car or some sort of vehicle that's. Uh, Using um, something other than um, oil, which is freaking awesome. 
So yeah, you can see his engineer mind come through with the logistics of that movie. And if, yeah. and if you folks, if anybody is listening and has not seen that, um, it's going to make you want to do the Arizona trail. Without and it's like a 20, 30 minute movie, which is oh, it's sick. even that much cooler. He could have, he could have made some money off it. If he and he used to. some, um, you know, used call-ins from, from Joe Polk over at MTB cast, who we should also probably give a shout out to for yep. achievement this year. And, and actually we are in the works right now of some, something really cool with Joe Polk, um, so stay tuned to the website for that. Uh, it should be out sometime in January, hopefully. Uh, but it's going to showcase a bunch of cool um, audio pieces. And then uh, probably also including that, uh, Ben Wellnack at Mountain Bike Radio and yep. the kind of mothership parent uh, podcast organization of this radio show. Uh, yep. Both of those guys for their... Um, I can't, we, and Michael, we've talked about this. It's so, in this sound, hopefully the sound on this podcast is good. We have been dealing with issues and for them to, uh, you know, take on all of these different, um, radio shows and, 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 and dealing with the audio, it's just like, oh my God, I cannot, I cannot imagine how difficult it is. So. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's also speaks to how professional and how confident both Joe and Ben are. Yep. And a, a huge, uh, you know, thank you to those guys for tolerating our shenanigans when it's like, I think I can hear Neil and he's echoing in the background and oh, yeah. there's Michael recording again on his phone and the dog is barking in the background and, you know, it's awesome just to have all of this media, whether it's visual or uh, written word or, yeah, you know, a combination in this, this, this kind of avenue called digital storytelling, which is kind of a, you know, a, a patchwork of all of that stuff. Um, again, when I think about 2015 and I think about this section and I think about us talking about achievements next year with media, I think this is another section we're going to see huge advancements. Um, the bar has been set. The you know? bar has been set. So, yep. well, good job, 2014. Man, I can't believe it's here. I can't believe we've spent another 90 minutes talking about bikepacking. It's awesome. It is yeah. so amazing. It's just, it's awesome. I feel super blessed to be a part of it all. Yeah. Um, let's see here. What do we got for January, Michael? I think in January, I think we got to start talking about the 2015 Ultra Endurance Racing season. I know things are shaping up. On the interwebs in terms of uh, all of the race promoters getting their dates out there, getting the logistics out there. There's signups going on and shout outs going on. So I think in January, we're going to spend some time checking in with what's up for 2015 with the bikepacking ultra endurance uh, race schedule and scene. Yeah. Um, and then, Neil, I think also we'll probably revisit some fat biking stuff, do a check in with where the winter's at. Yeah. Some yeah, definitely get to definitely get to focus a little bit on the fat biking uh, scene, the races that are going on as well. Um, but yeah, we there's a lot going on this summer. Um, and if you have any events that you want to be um, that you want uh, the folks to know, or um, uh, whether it be a race or a, a group ride. Um, or even, you know, a, a shop talk about bikepacking. Let us know. We want to talk about it. We want to share it with people. 
whether it be in Alaska, California, Maine, Florida, Michigan, Illinois. Um, but yeah, uh, everybody. Yeah. Thank you very much for another fantastic year. Um, so many people to thank. Um, but yeah. Um, Merry Christmas, happy new year, happy Hanukkah to everybody. Um, anything else, Michael, from you? Just, uh, folks, enjoy that Festivus time. Get with that family, whatever that means to you. Be safe. Have fun. Pray for snow if that is <laughs> advantageous to where you live. Uh, hope you get no snow if that's advantageous to where you're at right now. And just thanks for a great year, everybody. And uh, can't wait to hit the trails with all of you in 2015. Yep. Love you all. Uh, we'll talk to you guys um, in about a month. Fantastic. Merry all Christmas. Right, Yep, signing out. We'll see you guys later. Bye.